I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, Fantasy Managers, and welcome to our Round 23 preview episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by Prairie Dogs and Cats, the next evolution of the Rocky Mountain Cup. Uh, no, uh, no, wait, uh, actually brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by co-hosts Michael Denton and Blaine Riffle. And then we'd also like to welcome back our very special guest host tonight, Ashley Savage from MLS Female. How are you all doing? Doing well. Great. Thanks for having me back to you guys. Fantastic to be here. Blaine, I don't know if you've forgotten your push-to-talk button, but <laughs> you are just sitting there looking pretty right now in your hat. And it's, it's still not working for you. Uh, so yeah, for those of you uh, who are joining us in uh, podcast land, we are doing a new video live chat streaming method and involves push-to-talk keys and YouTube and Discord and OBS Studio and all sorts of crazy ridiculous things that... I'm hoping right now aren't impacting the quality of our podcast sound quality, but it's it's being kind of fun on the video side with the live chat. So uh, if things get a little choppy tonight, I'm so sorry. We're, we're working through some changes forced on us by YouTube, and so we hope, I hope, all of us hope, that it's going to work and be a great product for you because we're here to talk about round 22 because it was absolutely bananas uh just the results and the points and and the feedback i was getting back from people today was was nuts uh and uh i'm i want to hear if i'm not the only one i don't think i am uh, but based on some of the scores i'm seeing in chat uh i mean we we may have been on the bottom end of this week everybody so uh let's let's just let me know how everybody did mike let's start with you uh yeah i did 57 um, part of my downfall came because I had Parkhurst. I thought, oh, sneaky, he'll play, he's cheap. Um, he didn't play. I missed that lineup, so I missed out on that clean sheet. Uh, and the Atlanta LA Galaxy was one of the few predictable um, good results, and I missed out on the third Atlanta player. So that set me back, and then um, my differential of Elise was a differential downward. So that didn't help either. Uh, lap line um, was a dud. Uh, as was the entire monitor impact. Um, pretty much nothing else went right. Um, my, my hope in Ashley Sounders went unrewarded. Um, so, you know, I guess Blaine gets his revenge for New York City's victory over Sporting Kansas City last week by screwing my fantasy team with me. Uh, yeah, 57. The only positive is going to come whenever you read out our head-to-head scores. Oh, Oh, for sure. Our head-to-heads were, were wild this week. Uh, well, Ashley, let's just jump straight to you right now. You you not only had... Uh, not only do I want to hear your scores for this week, but you had an interesting last week. Or should I say your household had an interesting 
last week. So so let's see if we can get your 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 mic to pick you up and let's go. Let me hear how you did. So I did okay this week compared to most because everyone that hit was so random. But I actually looked out with 81 for the week. Uh, and that's thanks to Jordan Morris, who I guess Mike didn't pick up. Only real Sounders player to hit. Nico, I captained and was okay. But Morris got 14, and that helped helped me do all right. Um, but yeah, what you're referring to is I fell for the first time. That's right. Still, and he actually placed last round with 91 points so we play each other again this week so i banned him from listening to the pod because that's cheating <laughs> Rematch is uh is happening this weekend so we'll see how how that fares yeah i i i just love that your husband beat you because there's i know how much trash we've talked about him or, or maybe you've talked about him not really weird, oh, yeah. since you've been on here <laughs> and it is just so much fun when i got that message you were like my husband beat me this is nuts i don't know what's going to happen and now it's twice in a row the, fir the first thing I did, I said, I have to send this to the guys because they are going to love it. And Spencer. So he was really excited that I shared it. Excellent. Hey, equal share for everyone of, of the successes and in the failures of fantasy. Now, Blaine, we've still been having some issues with your sound. Let's see if you got your push to talk worked out. How did your team do? I think it's working. I got a 63 for the round. Not going to complain a whole lot. It only dropped me back, I think, 51 ranks overall. Um, surprisingly, I went up in value pretty heavily, and I only had one player go negative with all the threes and fours on my team, and that was Ladero. Ladero actually went down in value, but Vela and Vako and Gressel and even Gil with the two, they all went up in value this week a little bit. So can't really complain there. Well, let's look over to the head-to-head -head side and see how this did. Uh, so, the success is here. Mike, you beat Doyle. That's that's a great Ooh. that's a great fifty-seven to fifty-one. So, all the experts having trouble right here. Uh, Blaine, my you... armchair is better. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, ouch, ouch! The fantasy armchair <laughs> analyst. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Blaine, you? you you got tops over Tyler Bartles, uh, one of the contributors at the site and uh, a guest on the show from time to time. Uh, 63 and to did... 59. Uh, and then myself, though, I am the lone loser tonight uh, in, in our Experts League here. And, and I'm demanding a recount right now. I narrowly lost to Ben Bear, 67 to 68 so while i beat all the scores that mike and blaine had put up the bear came and got me and and i don't know i think there may be some shenanigans some collusion going on right here but uh, all of us all of us failed to live up to sherry snyder who is going strong she is at the top of our league 7-0-0 she snagged 79 points this week it's no it's it's no ashley's husband but uh, with his big 91 points. But but Sherry keeps doing awesome in the league. 79 points, tops the charts. Congrats, we got to get you on the show still. I'm trying to get these things worked out. Uh, quick review at Patreon. You guys are doing a lot better this week. You've cut the number of people tied for first place in half. Uh, there are now only two remaining players with a record of 6-0-0. That is HG and Skyle. So our two people right there. Uh, these, these were fantastic 
results, I, I have to say. So uh, congrats to everyone. Uh, chat, let's go through your scores real quick. I know some people posted them a little bit earlier. Uh, scrolling back up, we got uh, Liam with a 70, Eric with a 63, Josh with a 78, Matt S getting 85, Captain Vela, terrible week. Man, you got an 85. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was a great week. This. Yeah, Patrick with a 64. Let's see anybody else going to throw up their scores. Let's see here. We've got... Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, even as bad as we did, remember... No one got a 44 or less on a single game week, so it's okay. <laughs> as long as you beat that 44 platform, you do it all right. That's true. And I'm also, we've got Skylar Redpath, uh, fellow fantasy pundit, fa fantasy expert, draft kicks, uh, draft fantasy uh, pro as well. He is in chat with us. And uh, I just got to give him some props because... In his rankings article this past week, he mentioned Brian Rowe as one of the top goalkeeper options, and he caught a lot of flack in the chat of that uh, that article on MLSsoccer.com. And Brian Rowe was one of the best keepers this week. So I noticed that he pointed that out on Twitter, saying, "Where's where's everyone coming back now?" So if you were making fun of Skyler for his recommendations and keeper you need to get onto twitter and serve up a piece of humble pie and let him know that that he had some good advice for that uh josh 78 ryan w with 70 with a 67 still solid scores right there ryan i mean i got a 67 as well so very solid so all right but that so why do we have so many low scores that's what we're here to talk about today i sent uh, an, a message out on twitter i wanted to know what people wanted us to talk about, and all of it was frustration based. So let's get right into this. Uh, we're going to talk about our surprising moments in general. Feel free, but I just want to start out, who is this own goal character, and, and why was he just so devastating this week? Let's start with you, Mike. Uh, who was own goal? Well, you know, he wasn't on my fantasy team, so that's part of the reasons why he did so well this week. Um, I mean, in general, to your point of why this week was so crazy, I think it's something we talked about last week. It was a bunch of good teams going against good teams and bad teams going against bad teams, so it was kind of hard to predict. Uh, you know, I mean, I think one of the big games we were kind of looking at was uh, Seattle against Sporting Kansas City, and, you know, Sporting Kansas City pulled the upset, had, had a big game, and so that kind of always kind of skews the scores. Otherwise, you know, San Jose had a dud against Columbus, um, LAFC, I mean, they won against New England, but I think that was a game where there were people on both sides and there weren't a whole lot of big fantasy producers, at least the main guys, and I think Atta West did well, uh, and stuff like that. But it was kind of hard to predict who were the, the main guys who, who were going to do well, because it was kind of an unpredictable week. There was a lot of close games. You weren't sure who was going to go either way. And so, I mean, I think going into it, we all kind of expected it was going to be a really low round with really the only two games going to be, oh, yeah, that's going to be a great one, Atlanta and L.A., Seattle and Sporting Kansas City, and then one of those games didn't do it. One of the other games you might have thought of, you know, San Jose against Columbus, that didn't turn out great either. So, I mean, unless, like, you happened to predict the Colorado smashing of Montreal, there just wasn't a whole lot of great points. Yeah, I think a lot of the big players let us down this week, and, uh, I mean, one of those was definitely... Ladero. Uh, so, I mean, is is Ashley? We'll let you talk about the Sounders 
in general, maybe throw out maybe your fantasy take about them going forward. But is Bald Ladero the worst Ladero? Bald Ladero, that's what I was going to start. It's obviously because he went bald. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not a good work for him. I do have to say, from a small non-fantasy perspective, he picked up the assists, and it was one of his most beautiful assists on the season, but that counts for nothing. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with who's working with him in the midfield, and that's just about no one. No Victor Rodriguez, no Gustav Svensson. And no Rui Diaz. Diaz, Harry Ship is great for a budget bench midfielder, but not for producing fantasy points around him. Jordan Morris doesn't play the same way that Rui Diaz does. Has to do so much more with that setup. Has those other guys around him, he can produce more of those points. So until Rui Diaz and a more sufficient winger are in, and by more sufficient, I don't mean Jovan Jones and Harry Ship, he's going to be picking up those extra bonus points that he always gets. So I, it pains me to say I'd stay away. He'll go off, but I mean, realistically, it doesn't seem like he to work with right now. So there, so there's also several people who are commenting right now in chat about um, the Prairie Dogs and, and just the craziness that went up in Colorado. I mean, hearing. So I traveled some this weekend, and the first time I heard about the. The fleas in Colorado was when I was on the show with Jason Davis talking about plugging the weekend and I'm talking about the plague in Colorado. And then you just see the results. That was absolutely nuts up there in Colorado. I don't think any of us were were expecting something like that. But, I mean, we've talked about for a lot of the season how Colorado can score and Colorado also tends to give up some goals, though. Is, is that something that people should be paying attention to, potential to is Shin Yashiki one of the best budget forwards that people are overlooking? Blaine? Yeah, Shin Yashiki for his price when he's starting is definitely worth considering as a bench option at the very least. Um, he's shown multiple times this season that he's ready to come in and play in, in Major League Soccer, but as well as just put up some good fantasy numbers for us. Um, and any team that goes into Colorado, I know Montreal was coming off of a really good week. The new guy looked amazing uh, going to altitude, and this can happen to pretty much every team that goes into altitude. And it's been very hard for even the better teams in the league to go in there and get convincing wins all the time. They do get wins, but they're not always convincing, and sometimes they're really ugly. But, yeah, Colorado is just a tough place to play, and when their offense is firing like that, they're going to be really hard to beat in Colorado. So we'll touch on Lapalainen real quick, who's the new player in uh, Montreal. We've got Piotti back, we've got Tider still, and we've got Lapalainen, who are three of the, the better players two weeks ago. Is altitude that big of an issue for teams? Uh, or were we maybe too hot too quickly on this new guy coming in? And I'll, I'll let you answer this one, Ashley, since you're, that's over in your neck of the nation and, and your, your league. To, you're probably more familiar with altitude than some of us over here. So I can tell you from an athletic perspective, I played college soccer, and as soon as we get to Denver, it was – and so I can't – I know that these guys have so much more, you know, on their bodies than I did playing college soccer. But even just going for conferences and stuff, just working out is is different. So fair assessment to, 
to judge him on this one game. Um, definitely take a lot away from some of even the better players. So his price point makes him sitter. Know that he's going to produce like he did the other week. I'm going to say, you know, altitude is what took it all out of him. But they did, I mean, they subbed him relatively early. Um, he's not used to that big travel. Him going off again and having it just be the, the plague and the altitude, but a little too early to say. No, I think that's fair. Uh, and, I, and I think maybe the, the lesson to be learned fantasy-wise from here is uh, why Lapalainen has a lot of potential, I think. I still think he has a lot of potential, especially with Piotti and Titer both on there doing well. He's maybe best served as a home team switcheroo than to throw throw Kosh to the wind on the road. So, um, But it was still a fun pick. He, he did really great a couple weeks ago, so not bad there. Moving on to an away team that did not really surprise us with their result, uh, LAFC beat New England. I know a lot of us were hoping for that result, though maybe we were hoping the points would fall differently. Uh, let's just talk a little bit about that, and specifically, does New England getting shut out at home by LAFC give any of you pause uh, as New England as viable fantasy options? Blaine. Um, no pause for me. I still think they're one of the better teams in the East right now. Um, LAFC didn't get the offensive numbers they wanted. I didn't get to watch this one, but that kind of leads me to believe maybe they played a little more defensively. Maybe they looked to shut down a couple of these guys that have really had the offense rolling for New England, and it worked out in their favor. I'm not sure quite how that game went, so correct me if I'm wrong, chat. But no, I don't I don't pause at all with uh, New England going forward. I still think Gill is one of the better players in the league right now, um, one of the best playmakers that's out there, uh, especially playing truly in the midfield. Um, I'm going to keep rocking Gill as long as I can. When there's a good matchup, he's going to be on the short list to make my team if I can afford him as a premium. And right now I've been taking him over guys like Valeri. So I'm going to keep him right up there. Um, Bo is still going to be another guy that if I can fit him in as a second or third forward and the other matchups are aren't quite the, quite as good then yeah he'll be in that short list as well for those spots um i think this really kind of exposed their defense more than anything um they did give up the two goals against a good lafc team but through this run their defenses looked looked a whole lot better than they had and so against some of the high-powered offenses their defense may not be a good pick or a good shout even at home but over the over the course of the rest of the season, yeah, they're going to be on my radar for every week. What about you, Mike? The thing for New England um, and and with Heal is that we knew that they could do really well against bad teams, which was a big change since Bruce Arenas came on. But this was really the first um, elite team that they've had to play, um, and obviously, fantasy wise, they didn't do so well. So, I mean, that's kind of a big concern this week because, I mean, they're going to Seattle and even with Seattle's injury problems and them going against having a loss against Sporting Kansas City, that's a tough road trip for Eastern teams to take. You know, outside of the altitude, going to, to Seattle is a tough road trip. It's a huge distance, a lot of travel. So that that's where I think the concern is with Heal and, and other New England players is do you keep them on weeks where they're especially on the road against lead teams? To me, the answer coming out of this game was no. If they had done well against LAFC, 
I might have thought, look, this is an unstoppable train. Let's keep riding it. But, um, you know, for games like this week, I'm not going to look at any New England players. So we got some talk right now in chat about the New York Red Bulls. And we've got Shannon coming in saying that after Toronto and Red Bulls last game, I was pleasantly surprised by Red Bulls. Uh, with the way the Red Bulls have been playing this season, I was shocked that they won, actually. Uh, what about you all? Were, were you surprised that uh, Pozuelo and Josie or, or Toronto didn't do better against the Red Bulls on the road? Ashley? I didn't get to watch this one. I just saw the highlights. And by highlights, I mean the score. So... I know Red Bull Arena can be a really tough place to play sometimes, even for some of the better teams, even though they don't always fill it, even though it's not always like a powerhouse of fans, it still always seems like a tough. Um, I'm not going to write off Toronto because of them losing there, but Red Bull for me has been so consistently inconsistent this season, fantasy and regular. So it's so hard to decide when to jump on their bandwagon, you know, with but sometimes he's kicking a ball at someone and he's suspended or he's hurt or whatever. Um, and the fact that BWP is still not starting, for me, I just don't know what their offensive shape is, and I never know who to pick. I can fantasy-wise, I never know to pick. Brian White has been a great kind of bench um, or switcher room. Yeah, but for sure. besides that, fantasy-wise, it's just so hard with them because you just never know. Yeah, and that's really the death note. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, it seems for the Red Bulls, they've done better in bigger games. So, you know, they, they get up for a game like Toronto. <clears throat> they beat New York City. They, they were up for that game. Um, what's the other one that I had? You know, the draw against Atlanta on national television. It, it seems like it's night and day, whereas when they play some of the lower teams, then they don't have that intensity. That that's to me, has been the di- biggest difference between um, Chris Arnes and Jesse Marsh. Well, under Jesse Marsh, there was no off days for the Red Bulls. They were coming hard every game. Then in the bigger games, they came really hard. He managed to find that 150%. Um, Chris Arnold has never captured that same kind of energy. And so you have this Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of team where when they play kind of bigger games, when they're at home against higher-profile opponents, you, you see them bring the energy and good, strong results like they did against Toronto this weekend. But when they play against Columbus week before, they don't care. They they look dead in the water and, and they lose or drop points. So the last two. The, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to jump in. The biggest surprise here for me was their defense actually got a shutout. But I mean, I think that Josie goal should have stood, and that could have changed the complexion of the game. But that's just one of those calls that we got to deal with. Um, it, for me, this season, um, and I'm through it. The only guy I'm considering for my lineup is Royer. Royer has ha- put up consistently decent numbers, and at the price point he's at, he's a good shout in a good matchup. Um, White may be a bench player from time to time and see how he does, but I look at the rest of their schedule, and they're playing some heavy hitters to go down the stretch. I just can't get behind this. I don't think they're peaking at the right time. I just think their defense had one good day, and but I've been a Red Bull critic for a long time and especially this year they're not a team I'm looking at ever really and I just don't like them down the stretch okay so two more questions for me then I'm going to throw down the chat to open up for any other topics about takeaways or surprising moments that I've missed of course that includes you all here 
anything that might have missed. Uh, I want to talk about Houston, and I want to talk about DC in that order because I think there's some breaking news for DC, uh, breaking recent news for DC that, that we want to mention. But what can we expect from these two teams going forward? They both started the season fairly well. Houston was getting some good results. DC was doing well coming off of their last season especially. Oh, we got a surprise Lily attack. Um, <laughs> but but they've had problems in this mid to later half of the season that I think have had pretty significant fantasy impacts. Uh, are you considering these teams going forward, and what do you expect in the closing rounds? Uh, let's start with... with uh, uh, whoever wants to start, go ahead. Somebody. Uh, I guess I'll start. Um, I would say no and no. Um, I mean, we'll talk about Houston more because they're a double team. But um, they've looked pretty awful since they came off that homestand. And even and if you lose one and nothing at home against Chicago, that's a really bad result. Um, but for, for D.C., um, they, they definitely haven't had the same match. Um, we're, we're about to talk about Rooney is leaving DC this week to go to England to sign a contract with uh, Darby County. Um, while he's gonna, I think he's gonna finish out the rest of the year with DC. Um, it's it's not good when your star player is already like, yeah, I'm going over there. Um, I mean, he's, he, he's probably gonna be spending his weekend or his weeks watching Darby County because he's gonna be a player manager over there from the reports. So I mean, I don't know how much effort he's really gonna be putting into DC United. Uh, and I mean, I think, the, you know, you're looking at the East, DC's kind of sliding into where they're going to be in the playoff battle now. Uh, I mean, who who do you pick? I mean, Rooney, if they have a good game, maybe Costa. Uh, Ariola hasn't been a consistent fantasy producer. Um, I mean, other than Pines just for the cheap defense, there, there's not a whole lot to, for DC to offer fantasy-wise. And, uh, and that's not even considering whether or not Lucho Acosta gets a move somewhere, as has long been rumored, maybe Sevilla, I think is what I heard on X-Time Radio a few weeks ago. Uh, there's just not a whole lot of things going right for DC United right now to, to recommend in fantasy. Hey, the, you're overlooking the other big news that's kind of going on with this. It kind of had a lot of people scratching their heads, but now seeing the Rooney news, it makes sense. Ola Kamara is rumored to be coming back to MLS and possibly signing with DC. So, I mean, if Rooney is exiting this week, like if he's going to go start the season over in England and try to get on the roster there, Ola Kamara is not quite a... Bye-bye, Lily. (laughs) Ola Kamara is not necessarily a like-for-like change, but I would... I would trust him to come in and work with Acosta and Ariola. I think that'd be a decent combination. Um, and depending on what they price him at coming back, um, you might have a cheaper option to go with with DC for some of these last few games. It just kind of all depends. I won't write DC off. They've got too many attackers in the midfield that can get the job done. It's just, are you going to pick their forward spot? Or is this going to give Ariola a big boost to his production? Anything you want to add, Ashley? DC has all the keys to be successful on the field and in fantasy, right? If you look at the some of those defenders, Pines, great to pick. Back work. Bill Hamid, for crying out loud. Like, they clutch most of the time, but for some reason, they're not. Wayne Rooney and Acosta should be lighting things up together, but for some reason, going on there, I kind of... A, with you, Blaine, about Ola Kamara, but which is a very 
very different league than here, and he was there for less than a season. So I don't know if I think he's going to pop back into MLS and make an instant impact, but he was so good when he was here on his own in Columbus, I'd say, and then with Slaton. I don't know that I'd overlook him, but there just seems like there's something going on with DC that makes me want to stay away from them, and that's not just because um, I had Yara this week, but just in general, they just there's something there's something wrong, and it's they're not clicking the way that they should be on paper. Yeah, for sure, they're definitely. We'll a on, oh, I was just going to say on Ole, it really depends if Lucho or Acosta. Um, you know, because I mean, when in Columbus, when Ola Kamara was doing uh, really well, he had Federico Higuain. Um, so, you know, he, yep. when he went to the LA Galaxy, and then Zlatan kind of took minutes, and they didn't have that great midfield producer. He didn't do. He didn't look quite as good. Um, so that's going to be a big question for me: is whether DC United can manage to keep hold of Lucho or not. And you know, we've been saying for a while that that uh, Philadelphia really needs Montiero as well. And he he came back for a little while this game. Uh, that's that's definitely the Philadelphia I want to see. The Philadelphia with Montiero had some people in chat asking about the other big thing that happened in Philadelphia. But you know what? We're not gonna go there. Uh, the, we're we're not the political show here. <laughs> Extra time took fifteen minutes on it today, so y'all can go over there. <laughs> That's right. We'll we'll let them we'll let them do that. So a couple other things from chat uh, that I'm going to mention. Uh, Matt S has gone on about this for a few minutes now, and Patrick has been egging him on because both of them really just want to hear me pronounce the name Shakovsky, and uh, I I think I've surprised them just now being able to say it. But yes, Shakovsky over at the New York Red. Bulls got another eight point week no goals no assist for Red Bull so bonus point monster and yeah if you're finding players like that uh, no double game weeks coming up this week for them but yeah finding a player like that is fantastic to have if you can generate that kind of raw bonus point potential uh, without without having those kinds of points so but mostly I think you guys just wanted to hear me say Shikovsky so tipping the hat to you all because I think I did pretty well uh, we also have a comment here from uh, Skylar Redpath. Uh, it says, his fantasy takeaway, anyone think Disco retroactively suspends Mata for his late tackle? Big fantasy implications since he acts as arguably the top defender for this double game week. Mike? I don't think so. I'd have to go back and double check the the, the tackle. I was trying to see if I could pull it up, but I don't, I don't think it was one that I, I thought needed a retroactive suspension. I mean, if if it does, it's a big issue because Ben Sweat is out already for New York City and who would play left back. I think Disco should come in and make a statement with this one, but given their history and what they've let go, you can pretty much guarantee he's going to play. Yeah, that's that's probably pretty fair. Uh, So that's all I have lined up. We had a lot of great questions from chat. Anything from the three of you that we haven't covered as far as uh, surprising moments or important fantasy takeaways from round 22 that you want to mention right now? And no, of course, is a fine answer. And that's what I have. So let's move on to our Patreon housekeeping section right now. So this week, round 23, double game weeks come back, though we don't have a Wednesday start. Thank goodness for small benefits right there. Uh, So the round starts on Thursday, August 8th at 7 o'clock p.m. with New York City FC versus Houston. Who 
those two teams happen to be the double game week teams of the week. So uh, New York City FC and Houston start the week. They're the only double game week teams. Houston has a double away game, and New York City splits it one home, one away. So if you're making your plans right there. No teams are on a bye. And so if you're looking for switcheroos, what I'm going to recommend is you look at uh, DC, LA Galaxy, LAFC, or the New York Red Bulls. So maybe Shikovsky is someone you're going to look at this week. And the reason I say those four teams is because you will actually be able to see the total points from the New York City players and the Houston players before you have to decide if you want to bring one of them in. So it's uh, just a little bit of, of manipulation with your team right there. You're going to want to look at your budgets to make sure you can afford the guys you're targeting. But it shouldn't be as bad around this time of the year when people should be pushing around 120 plus or pretty darn close to that mark right now. So uh, that's all that I have for housekeeping wise. Uh, unless you guys want to add something after Mike gives us the injury report. Did you mention the Open Cup? I did not mention the Open Cup. All right, um, that's that's probably the biggest one. Um, Atlanta at Orlando, Portland at Minnesota. It's at Minnesota, or is it at Portland? Minnesota. Yeah, it's at Minnesota. So um, those are going to be both Wednesday night, I believe. Um, obviously, that's going to be a big impact on fantasy schedules and, and whatnot. Uh, you know, because it's the semifinals of the Open Cup, so everyone's probably going to field A plus lineups. Um, maybe. Some uh, effects on rotation on, on the back end um, because I mean especially if one of those goes 120 minutes we'll we'll, we'll see what that does but um, that's probably the biggest thing to look out for uh, as far as announcements and what's going on um, I don't remember if Canadian Championship is this week or not either but that might be something else to look at um, but as far as injuries um, the the big ones for the double game week is uh, we don't know the, the status of the health of Max Morales. Um, apparently, he was injured when he played in the All-Star game. I could rant about how stupid that was. but um, So he missed the game against Colorado for rotation, but then Dome said afterwards he might have still be injured. So I don't know what his status is. Obviously, that's a huge one for fantasy. That's, you're going to have to check the lineup for New York-Houston. Uh, um Albert Callens, uh, excuse me, Alex Callens. Alex Callens uh, missed with a calf, calf issue. No timeline for New York City. I'm not sure if he'll be able to play. Uh, expect EBA got to sub into his role. Ben Sweat left early, um, I think in like the 20th minute. Um, didn't look like he will be likely to play this double game week. Uh, and then for Houston, the biggest one is Albert Lee is suspended for yellow card accumulation. So I saw some people passing him around as a captain pick. Do not do that because he's not playing a double game. So if you're going to captain him, you're doing it based solely off of his trip to Philly, which is probably a bad idea. Maybe it'll be a good idea. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing this year in fantasy. But um, otherwise in that, um, the two red cards this week were Moreno for DC United and uh, Moro for TFC. I think there's only two reds I saw. And then um, for DC United, um, Durkin is having an MRI today. Um, and so that leads them um, without a defensive midfielder for their game against the Galaxy for because Knaus is out with an injury and Moreno is suspended for the red card. So um, if you're willing to take LA Galaxy on the road, that's something to think For those of you watching, uh, since I'm doing screen sharing, you're seeing what pops up on my left monitor, which includes some of my Steam notifications, which I'm going to try to turn off next time. Uh, but you'll... Little little treat for you right there. Our good friend Travis is playing No Man's Sky right now. 
a former host on this show, so he's not <laughs> doing his due diligence in keeping up with his fantasy team. He is playing his video game. So uh, there's Travis. Great report. Thank you so much. That uh, anybody else want to add anything for our housekeeping section? No. All right. Let's move right now. I'm going to highlight right now this comment from Patrick in chat right now. He says he hates the idea of having three New York City FC players the week they're against his Atlanta United team. Uh, that's a great way, I think, to segue into our round 23 preview here where we're getting ready to talk picks. And as I said to him, rule number one, which I mistakenly typed it because I was trying to type small and said rule number one, but rule number one for fantasy is you you have to sever your ties to your team to be able to do well in fantasy. And, and as I say that, I think, no, that's it's even more than rule number one. It's rule number zero, if, if anything. Rule <laughs> point five, rule negative one, you just, you got you got to cut the ties. You can't, you can't go for it. So let's talk round 23, opening with the usual question. What do you all think are, is the best or are the best matches for fantasy points this week? And are there any players that right off the top you're just, Hard pass. I want nothing to do with him this week, Blaine. Um. Yeah. Best matches for points. I always forget this question. Um. I kind of like Seattle, New England. I think there's going to be a lot of offense in that one. Um. Just playing in Seattle. That's always good, and it's an early game, so you can see those scores early if you're going to run any switcher. Mike. Um, for me, it's all about the, the Open Cup and the double game week. So I, I like New York City at home against Houston, um, especially if they have Max Morales. Uh, I, I think that could be an opportunity for points. Uh, I know Patrick Smith is talking about how he's sad about New York against Atlanta. To me, that's just Lanyap, which is Cajun speak for just a little something extra. Um, all, all your points is New York City at, at Houston. Whatever they get against Atlanta is great. That's just going to be a weird match because they're both probably going to be tired, but we'll see. Um, but for me, it's Toronto at home against Orlando, FC Dallas at home against Minnesota, and where where was the? Other? Um, but th those are the two big ones um, for 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 me um, because they're going to get tired teams on the road having to travel, um, especially TFC Orlando. You know, from Florida all the way to Canada. That's a long trip. I, I think there could be some points in those games. And Ashley, I'm going to give you the final word since Blaine did call out your Seattle. Oh, I actually, I have no one from Seattle in my first draft for fantasy this week because I've been at the last two games. <laughs> Fair. That's how I said, cut your ties. And again, I think it all depends. One thing that's nice about that game being early is People that are injured are back. If you get Brad Smith and Lyrdom back in that defense, if Rui Diaz is starting, completely different game. Um, and like you guys said earlier, I think that LAFC really showed that be good, but their defense isn't. So I, I could see a healthy Seattle offense taking them to town at home. And Seattle hasn't lost three games in a row at home. And I think I looked this up today, I think six years. Wow. For something. They haven't lost two games at home in three years, and I went back in front of I think it was six. Um, so I'd check those rosters because that's not a game I want anything to do with. But the other game that stood out for me was at home against Cincy. Um, I could see Pedro Santos making some great plays at home. Hit or miss, but is on a slight rise. 
So that's a team that I think I'd be willing to take a, a defensive keeper, pusher, gamble on. Um, and I, I like them offensively, but I never trust Jossie enough. So, And I will be at that game this week. So if anyone listening is going to be at Columbus versus FC Cincinnati, uh, I will be there in the visiting supporter section. So look for my hat. Uh, give me a shout out. Uh, I'd love to, to meet some people if you're going to be at the game so well i mean i'd love to meet people anyway but uh, if you're at that game i'll be there so so it'll be fun and i love if, if you're listening right now on soundcloud or or spotify or whatever you're listening on itunes uh check out the video sometime or join us for live chat because here i am we've got this the one cool thing about our new setup is we've got this cool four quad screen thing going right here so here i am looking at the top quadrant listening to ash being like yeah yeah you're saying good things something catches the corner of my eye and i glance down and there are tiny feet from from Blaine's daughter Lily just just flailing in the screen, and I'm like, all right, well, that's that's how this works. So uh, yeah, this this live chat thing's got its got its advantages. Okay, well, let's move on now to the players that you all do want with hope they're going to come from these games that you were just talking about. So let's start things off with keepers, defenders, and shutout chances, Blaine. We can't hear you. <laughs> we still can't hear you, and I'm going to go to Mike real soon if you don't get your push to talk sorted out. Okay, Mike. Keepers, <laughs> defenders, and shutouts while Blaine does some diagnosing. All right. Um, so, keeper, uh, I have Sean Johnson, um, only 5.4 double game um, I don't trust Houston with two road games, um, you know, and I'm banking pretty much entirely on the home game against Houston, but um, that's it. I do not have any New York City defenders in, in my life. Um, the reason for that is because EBA guy is probably going to play, and that means that you're going to concede at least one goal. Um, and I'm pretty sure they'll concede against Atlanta, especially if the rumors are true that Joseph Martinez did not make the trip to Orlando, which, A, that's insane and so not cool because Joseph Martinez taunting Orlando fans <laughs> is what I live on Twitter. Um, so if, if, if that happens, Atlanta deserves to lose both games this year. Don't, is, don't do is that. Is this not <laughs> a taunt, though? Like him being like, Puh. I mean, if they get away with it, it's pretty awesome. But, I mean, no. We want to see Joseph Martinez score a hat trick in front of the wall and taunt leg. That's just the content that MLS lives for. Sorry, Derek. Uh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much why I still have the Twitter app, okay? Um, but, so, I, I skipped New York City defense. I have Struna in from Houston as a switcheroo option. But that's just pretty much, well, he's going to get two games. We'll see. Um, other defenders, um, I actually spent a lot of money in defense this week because I didn't need to spend it up top. Uh, I have because Conte from Portland. I know they have a game against Minnesota. But they're still at home against Vancouver. I think that's a decent clean cheat shout. I have Omar Gonzalez from Toronto. Again, Orlando coming off the road. We'll see how it happens in the Open Cup. But Omar has put up some pretty good points himself. Uh, and I had the money to spend 7.9, so I spent it. Um, Harrison Awful. We have not talked about the uh, inaugural Ohio Derby, but um, 
Hell is real. Cincinnati has not been good. Um, that should be a big game, probably Columbus's biggest home game of the year, since neither of those teams look like they're going to go for playoffs. So uh, I think there's a good clean sheet shout there. Uh, and then I have Hollingshead from Dallas, uh, again, kind of t- picking against the Open Cup teams. Uh, I believe that's called the Hell is Real Derby, and I may have missed a few things in chat right now. I know, now. but I hate that name. I'm, I'm oh. not calling it the Hell is Real Derby. Uh, you know. you're, you're just wrong. I may have missed a few things in chat, <laughs> so apologize. All of a sudden, like I asked what you guys thought were the best game chance for points, and the response I got from Patrick was, yes, we do. So uh, so sorry if I'm missing something right there. Uh, Blaine, going back to you, do you have audio again? I think I'm back now. Can you hear me? Sure yes. can. Okay, perfect. Um, double game week, always look at your keepers kind of first. Uh, sh- uh, toss up between Sean Johnson and whoever Houston decides to play. And I think I have to go with Sean Johnson, especially at 5.4. Um, I don't necessarily like the chances for either one of these keepers, but a double game week keeper is always worth the investment. Uh, but with taking Johnson, that means I don't have room for any um, New York City defenders, which is fine. They're too expensive anyway. Um, like Mike, I've got Struna. I'm kind of waiting to see who TFC starts. Um, I, I do like that matchup against Orlando, and they've got a bunch of budget guys that could easily come in. Um, I don't know where Mike's getting all of his money because I threw a lot of money up front. So I'm looking at one of the budget guys. It's around that $5 million mark. And then um, I think Cascante for Portland, or I've got Gaddis for Philadelphia with Houston playing the second game of a double game week. I think Gaddis at five is going to be a good shout if he starts. Uh, they've got a little bit of rotation risk there, so keep an eye on that. But Philly's got a couple of cheaper options as well that can easily come in. All right, Ashley, who do you like? rolling with Sean Johnson as my keeper too, but I'm keeping him on the bench just to see how that first game pans out because I like their chances against Houston better than at Atlanta. So I actually have room, the the defender for Cincinnati starting, and then depending on how Sean Johnson does, I'll keep a room him. Uh, and then I look a lot like what Mike said. I'm rolling with Aro instead of Omar for Toronto because same reason I like them at home, even though they're playing in the Canadian Championship this week. Um, Orlando having to travel, and I know I, th- I think Orlando will throw everything they have at Open Cup. So I like Toronto. I also like Cascante mostly just because he's the best budget option for Portland. Um, and then I'm going back and forth between Awful and Hollingshead as my third defender. All right, I think you guys had a nice cover of, of players right there. So let's move on to midfielders. Mike? Um, I have Alex Ring. Um, he scored goals the last two games for New York City. Um, he hasn't been as consistent of, you know, like a typical defensive mid four points. But especially if Maxi Morales is out, um, he's been kind of the creator for New York City, which is weird. And he's 8.5. So, um, if Maxi Morales isn't playing, I think Alex Rings is, is a must this week. Um, other midfielders, I have Pozuelo, again, Orlando deal. Uh, I have Pax and Pomical, again, picking against the Open Cup. And then I have a weird one on the bench. I have Diaz from Columbia. Um, 6.7 mid. Um, and I forgot to pull up his stats for a second. But um, he had nine last game. He's got, he's a new signing for Columbus. Uh, when he's played, he's gotten already got two assists this year uh, and not a whole lot of minutes. So 
I'm going to kind of roll the dice and see what he can do off the bat. Fun. I like those little picks there. Ashley. Again, kind of similar to Mike. It's freaking me out. I think Ring is definitely a must-have if Maxi doesn't start. But he looks so good right now. I think that he's a good pick even if Maxi does play. Uh, I like Pedro Santos at home. I don't know if Columbus is really as effective as they've seemed the last couple weeks. But I'm going to roll with it. Diego Valeri gonna kind of watch those lineups I see Valeri playing at home against Vancouver even with the midweek game just because that's a Cascadia game that's a game a lot of fans care about so I'd be surprised to see them home I know the last Open Cup game they benched him and then put him in so I'm paying attention to that one and then I also have on my bench Tina Martinez for Houston from somewhere want to eat all that money i might downgrade uh to a different houston midfielder but for houston it's hard to pass up on too much double game week so i'm just keeping him on my bench for now all right lots of i that's some uh variation there i do like it bling yeah so i've morales has got to be in there if he starts the first game if he doesn't start the first game it's an easy switch to ring and you start looking at some of the other options um, I've also got Pedro Santos on my team. I just, it's Cincy. I, the way they've been playing, Diaz is opening some stuff up. Um, he's kind of become the focal point for the offense. So I think this is a really good chance for him to pick up points. And at the 9.1 mark, he's going to do, I think he'll do really well. Um, and then I've got Atuesta and Valeri in my starting lineup as well. I think both of these are perfect matchups for these two guys, and their averages are both above seven. I mean, I, it's really hard to pass these guys up given the matchups. Um, I don't think Red Bulls are going to replicate the defense they just showed, and so this is a chance for LAFC to really put some on them. And then I've kind of got – I'm torn. Uh, Pozuelo is my fifth midfielder, but that means I sacrificed one of my forwards. So I'm debating on that one. I may give that one over to Lily and let her decide who starts <laughs> on that spot um, because that always seems to work better than me going with my gut or picking somebody. So Pozuelo is kind of on that fringe. If I do have to downgrade to ring, Pozuelo, I may find a way to get Pozuelo in there as well just to have that extra kind of premium mid in there. So a couple more names I'm going to throw out. I've seen some of these in chat. Uh, people are talking about Chicago, like Gaetan, they, uh, or Montreal had uh, a stumbles against Colorado. Is that going to be impacting them? Or is, Col- is Chicago, sorry, is Chicago too much of just a chance for you all to consider any of their mids? Um, I'll say I, I do like the Chicago shouts this week. Um, I I do rate both of these guys pretty, or Katai and Gaetan very highly, but I just, of the five names I threw out there, I don't think they're going to have a better week or a, a, they're not as consistently high-performing. They're kind of hit or miss, and some weeks it's Gaetan, some weeks it's Katai. I mean, you've got to kind of pick pick the one you, that's going to have the good week. I think there's a little more risk involved in that. If you're trying to make up ground, sure, go with it. I think one of those two guys is probably going to have pretty good week i just don't i like the other guy's consistency a little better and i don't want to gamble on the points right now yeah that's totally fair i mean i think that's a very common fantasy uh, or common fantasy logic which is to say i like the guy but i think there's some guys who are are better 
Um, maybe maybe you want a little bit more to really solidify that, as in why you think they're better. But I, I think when you go down that train, that that's totally valid for why somebody may be good, but not necessarily the best pick this week. Uh, Blaine, you can keep talking about this one, or if you want to throw it off to Mike or Ashley, if you want to give yourself a break. I, mean, I am going to also ask, what about Sporting Kansas City? I mean, they had some production last week. Is that not something you think is going to carry on or again are we just saying they're good but not the top five um i just don't trust the consistency with the team right now um this was Ilya, benny and gutierrez starting in the midfield and that seemed to work really well benny is on yellow card suspension i don't know if mike mentioned that early earlier but he is out this week um roger picked up a red card in his first game back he should be back but then you've got Roger, Gutierrez, Ilya, another pretty good matchup, but the chemistry changes, the cover that they provide for the defense changes. There's too much in flux, and this team is kind of lacking an identity right now, especially without somebody that's really taking the pressure off going forward. I mean, Johnny Russell's been out. There's There's too much inconsistency, and I think RSL is a strong enough team, and they have a history of coming into Kansas City and bunkering a little bit that it really does make me nervous on what the offensive capabilities in Kansas City are. Um, but if you have to pick a Kansas City guy or you really want to pick one, Gutierrez has stepped up and shown that he has got probably the most fight and the most drive right now of any player on the team. Um, two goals last week. He's the leading goal scorer on the team with nine um, and just kind of turning it on and really doing a little bit of everything right now. Uh, the last two names I'll throw out there are, again, building off of what Mike said, I think Open Cup results and uh, these double game weeks play a big impact. So going with the double game week side, uh, Houston on their second game if they're not looking great. Going up against Philadelphia, which having Montiero back and also having Marco Fabian, who is doing better. Uh, those are a couple of other names I might consider as as good shouts. Again, you can sort of wait until you see that, that Houston lineup in the second game, see what their result is from the first game before deciding if you leave yourself some budget and some flexibility. Okay, let's move on to forwards. Ashley. Uh, I kind of struggled looking at these today, deciding what to do. Um, I went with Hebert consistently lately. I don't know if he'll do both, but with the injuries that they've had at forward, I think he will. Maybe Mike can help me with that. Um, and then I'm also rolling with Bella because I, too, think that can't produce the same type of magic all the way across the country in Vancouver, California Stadium. And then as painful as it is for me to do it, but it's just smart, I also have Brian Fernandez. He looked very contained by Minnesota, but watching Vancouver play enough this year, I think that he could just rip them to shreds. So I'm hoping he does because he's on my team. Blaine. Yeah, Ebert and uh, Bella were the first two in my team. I don't think you can really go without them this week. Um, my third guy is a little bit of a budget option, but I do like Zardes this week. Um, Diaz is looking pretty good with the team. I mean, Santos there. We've been talking about those two names. I mean, if you're going to go in with Columbus, you might as well go all in and grab Zardes too. They think this is a good chance for him to get multiple goals. Uh, Mike, your picks, and if you want to explain some on Abear for us as well. Uh, sure. Um, I have Abear. Um, he is definitely the only forward. I mean, your only other option is Tonos. Um, I don't think 
that Toddy would be rotated in, especially if there's some issues going down the flanks. If Moderita gets suspended by Disco, for example, th there could be a domino effect that way. Uh, but Avery's been pretty consistent, so I, I would expect him to play, get two games, um, and, and he's been pretty good. So at 9.8, uh, I think he's one of your best options. He's a must-have. I don't have Vela, which might be where I have all the money that, that Blaine is talking about. <laughs> Um, remember what I said earlier about the Rebels playing up? I think they're going to get up for this game, and so I don't see Vela getting quite the, the same number of points as others. So I have Josie Altador. Um, again, I think Toronto at home against Orlando is, is a pretty good shout. Um, on the bench right now, I have Jossie Zardet. But I'm going to be honest, if Joseph Martinez really got left at home um, for the Open Cup and New York City is, is having to get to a suspension on Moderita. I might pick up Joseph Martinez because New York City's back line is going to have some problems. And Joseph Martinez angry and rested at home. Uh, I think he could get some points there. So the, the, that's what I'm looking at. It. That, that goes back to rule zero. Cut ties with your team. <laughs> exactly. Rule zero. That's, that's sneaky. Like, I like, I like that pick. I like that pick a lot of, of the the joseph martinez okay let's do captains getting some comments from chat right now if you're in chat uh send out your captain thoughts uh let's start with you blaine um if maxi morales starts game one it's got to be him this week if he doesn't i think it's a toss-up between ring who's been a little more consistent and a bear who's definitely got the higher seat mike uh, i have it on a bear but if maxi does play i think he's a mother Ashley. Breaking into the top 300 for this half of the season, so I'm switching it up. Let's look. I have it on Brian Fernandez right now. Ooh, that's that's interesting. Uh, I think we're going up against the always Captain Vela mantra, and uh, so Mike, you're sticking with that. Uh, New York is the Red Bulls have just done well in those big moments, and so that gives you confidence for not always captaining Vela. Uh, Blaine, you just think that the New York game is that good? I think you pretty much have to take a double game week player, the caliber of Morales if he's there. And then, like I said, I like the ceiling of Bear and uh, Ring's consistency. I just... Mike may be right on New York, on the Red Bulls, and it, if Vela does, I mean, you don't want to be stuck with that captain, but... Um, you, I, I can't not captain a double game week player when they're there. Nope, that makes sense. And Ashley, you are just that down on Vancouver. Absolutely. That's yes. <laughs> that's that's not any Cascadia seeping in there, is it? Went to Vancouver, California, and watched that route between LAFC and Vancouver, and that was the week after we watched them play the Sounders couple of the games through ESPN Plus, and they're just not a real now. So I think that given how it goes with Open Cup, I could just see Portland in front of that Timbers army where they haven't been producing very well lately, having this be a big turnaround game for them. It's laying it out for them, so all they've got to do is show up and be themselves, and I think they could score a goal game there. 
Yeah, no, I, I did that because I thought it'd be a great talking point, and, and it was. But no, I definitely can understand why people would bet against Vancouver many yeah. of the weeks. So yeah, for sure, for sure. Painful, painful for me to do it, but it, it's smart. Yeah, we have a lot of agreement from from chat. Uh, uh, Patrick's going with Vela right now, but we got got Bennett who's talking about Ring of Morales. Uh, Skyler is looking at a bear or maxi as well. So definitely New York City FC leading the way in captain's picks. And I think Blaine's right there on, on track. Like, can you really pass up captaining a double game week player in a week like this, especially when New York's doing well? So I think that's that's the perfect time for uh, ACV, always Captain Vela versus the more rational fantasy pick i don't know we'll see how that goes uh thank you so much everyone for those uh, player recommendations i hope that helps everyone listening to the show live and later through whatever medium that you like to listen to uh that's all that we have so let's go straight into plugs uh ashley uh plug mls female an article recap about the Sounders game last week that's live on Twitter and then less of a plug but more of a shout out I want to shout out Andrea who is currently winning the Patreon league right now she is the uh, other wife in the couple head to head league that I play with in Seattle and to mention her and so I wanted to give her credit doing in that league right now oh my gosh we might, do we have another oh we have another appearance by a little one <laughs> There's so many new people on the show. Mike, what about you? Um, I'm not going to have a, a plug, but I will just thank Patrick Smith for pointing out that Joseph Martinez might sit, mostly because I went and checked it out and found the Twitter thread under Dirty South Soccer's post about Joseph Martinez missing the Open Cup. And, you know, if I don't get to see Orlando fans get mad about Joseph Martinez, the next best thing is seeing DeBoer out things posted on Twitter. So thank you, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine, what about you? Hello, Lily. <laughs> um, actually, Lily's here, so it's a good time. Lily's going to her first game this weekend. Oh my goodness! We're going Ooh. with. Yeah, we're going to with SBU. Our college is doing an alumni event up at the stadium, so we're all going to go up there. And I've got some family that's also alum, so we're going to just have a, we're going to have a good time. Um, Sarah, bring that here. Here, you guys, you got to see this. Um. We had somebody actually custom make her an outfit, too, so oh, she's going to be all decked out for it. So, yeah, there will be pictures on Twitter for Lily's first game. And so, yeah, that's going to be a fun time. That is that is awesome. Uh, well, I don't have a small child to take to games or, or show on on the video. I have a dog from time to time who's not with me, but uh, as for me, you can check out everything over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. We have Kyle's great Behind the Numbers article, which has definitely been one of our most popular this week, uh, as well as his podcast, Captain's Picks and Charts, so head over there for that. Also, check us out in Discord. We're doing streaming using Discord right now, but uh, the chat over at the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord channel is amazing. A great community that's built right in there. Uh, it's, it's fantastic, so check that out. You can access it through discord or through the sidebar of the fantasy boss website right there and of course check out the articles that uh, skylar puts out that we mentioned him this this episode on mlssoccer.com as well as the the weekly newsletter that i have please subscribe to that send me your questions uh i i love it when i get the questions from people uh this week i did get some questions uh let's see here 
Sorry, it's this push to talk thing. That's that's all super crazy for me. Uh, I I did get a question this week from uh, at la underscore soccer fan. So thank you so much, man, for sending me the the questions. Uh, I, I know sometimes people are like, yeah, maybe it's not really that that great of a question. I'm kind of new. Any question, whatever you want, something basic, something advanced, anything. I'm just happy to answer anything that people have about fantasy, or if you have an idea for what you'd like an, an article to be a newsletter to be about. Let me know. I'd love to get content that's just for you guys. So uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I hope it helps, and good luck.